Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, everyone. I'm Jeremy Lambert. That is SP3. It is not FMC. It is in the weeds on a Monday, July 31st, the final Monday of July. It's almost August, SP3. It is almost August. How you doing, buddy? Where has this year even gone? Like, it feels like yesterday it was January. But I am back in the weeds. It's been so long. I am back. The sixth man, the utility player, the the pitch hitter, the linear WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Champion. Because there's only been two. I'm the third. Get it? Uh, But yes, I am back on In The Weez. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. I'm always honored when you or Joel ask me to be on this very successful show. You guys have have taken something that was just an idea, a nugget of an idea, and have let it grown to be the most watched show on Fightful Overbooked. And I say that. And as as huge praise, because I come from the least watched show on Fightful Overbooked because it's a wrestling channel and I'm on the non-wrestling I show. Don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I don't know if FMC is actually the least watched show. Uh, you're a draw, buddy. Like I, I actually like... Yeah, we we do. So for people who don't know, I, I assume like everyone knows that at this point that SB3 and I do a basketball show uh, on, on Tuesdays. But for the, for the fact that it's a wrestling channel and we do a basketball show every Tuesday, it does like halfway decent viewership. It uh, does. For, it for does. Especially, especially when you pick the right headline or the right thumbnail and then it pops. I see the big the big number jobs when you pick the, the, the right ones. Like those are really good. Oh, yeah. I forgot my other nickname. The substitute. Thank you. Louis. <laughs> the sub, I'm the, I am the substitute teacher of Fife. Rob Wilkins made the the thumbnail for the the last one. I think he's going to start doing thumbnails for for FMC. But yeah, it's got the Paul Pierce uh, when he had to take a dump, and uh, the Barbie movie as well. Because our, our pal Cher Delaware reviewed the Barbie movie. But I, I'm not. Well, I love all the the uh, contributors that that contribute to to Fightful Overbooked. I I don't think it's the the least watched independent basketball on a wrestling channel is a bigger draw than independent wrestling on, on <laughs> wrestling you, you gotta love how that works you gotta love how that works yeah. but no nah, no nah, I, I say that it just i have so much fun i tell jeremy every single week after we we press the end broadcast i have so much fun on fmc laughing joking talking about basketball talking about trash reality so i'm glad that we have chances to talk about wrestling it's like it's like it's like it's like uh, kind of like our, our thing that we don't talk about it's like it's like something in a, in a, like a long relationship somebody cheated on one another y'all don't talk about <laughs> it too often but then when y'all do talk about it you grow 
and you progress so much. That's how I feel when I talk to Jeremy Lambert about that dirty word called wrestling. Also, one of the highest like viewership uh, viewership totals that that is that is on this channel is the the wedding episode from from fmc so yes. weddings pop a rating as as usual that's that's one that that's it over a thousand views i believe so yeah weddings are always gonna gonna pop a rating so there you go everybody weddings pop a rating episodes. we popped a rating with cara and paulie yeah so, so so yeah that's that's what we're all about we're gonna do more reality television interviews for the second half of we gotta we gotta we gotta double our interviews from last year which was one and we got to do two this year so we're one away we're one away we did we did uh mark long oh yeah we did mark yeah 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 Yeah, this is that was this year so we got to double it we got to do one more and we doubled last year We'll do another. We'll do another interview this year at some point. I don't know with who, but we'll get pa- Paula and Cara. Paul, pa- I'm gonna screw Paul. You did it again. Oh, I always do. Again. I always do. I can't speak. Gotta, like, I'm sorry. We have to tell that story when we interview them again. That you legit have like switched their names. <laughs> I can't. I cannot speak at all. Like it's it's awful. Like I do it every single time. I'm always. I always say Paula and Kari. Like, that's not their names. I apologize to them. It's not their names at all. If someone comes up to, like, Seth Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch and be like, hey, Sethy and Beck. <laughs> Beck would probably be okay. Like, if it's Beth, if, if they go Beth, then that might be an issue. Oh, like, there you go. Yes. Yeah. yes. Beck Sethy, would- Sethy and Beck and Beth. Yeah, Beck might be okay because it's just ah, I just dropped the Y or whatever. But Sethy, I don't know how that would go. Uh, I'm I'm awful. I I'm just word jumble comes out of my mouth. Le- legit, just word jumble. Uh, we had a lot to talk about in the the world the world of the professional wrestling. It was a big weekend for wrestling. Collision was a hot show on on Saturday night, and then last night we had NXT Great American Bash. We're gonna get into all of that throughout this episode and also at the end of this show i'm gonna invite joel pearl on he's a coward and decided not to show up to work today you know must be nice to have days off around here uh but beth and sex says louis um, <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that works um, <laughs> we gotta do that for all these couples now <laughs> just flip their names that you know that was the thing when it was um Heidi and Spencer uh Spidey you know they the celebrity name the Spidey and then Benifer yeah. that was like the big yes. two that were that were out there but like that's what everybody did they did the the celebrity name thing yeah now the new new trend that I'm going to start is flipping the names flipping uh, the ends keeping the beginning of people's yeah. names but flipping the ends with their yes. partners yeah that's uh, that's how we're we're going to do it um I, I got an announcement at the end of the show. I'm going to invite Joel Pearl on at the end of the show because he should probably be here for this, although I'm pretty sure he knows what it is. Uh, it is all good news, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for supporting In the Weeds, the great fans of In the Weeds. We have exciting things coming up on this show. Did you want to take a guess at what it was or something there, SP3? I saw you. No, you I just, I just, I just, I just, I'm sorry, guys. I just popped myself. <laughs> And I just came up with Monica and Bianca's 
Oh, Bianca is kind of a cool name, honestly. It is. It is. That yeah. popped me. That's that's what was the face. When I raised my hand, I was like, ooh, that's good. Bianca is a good name. I actually like that. They should, they should name a child Bianca. Bianca. Yeah. Yes. All right, everyone. Let's get into the actual wrestling of things. We appreciate everybody here in the chat. Leave a thumbs up on the video give us a little thumbs up there send us super chats if you would like get your question comment statement read on the air all all the money we make off of this channel goes to the contributors i don't see any of it joel doesn't see any of it kate doesn't see any of it so support the people who contribute uh with their their time and their efforts in in publishing videos on this channel we really appreciate them um and subscribe to the channel if you've not subscribed if you are here and you are not subscribed to fightfloverbook.com please subscribe to the channel tap the bell for notifications and all right i think that's everything i think i did everything um let's get into it let's get into it we're gonna start we're gonna start with Let's start with Collision SB3 because I feel like this is as good as Melo and Dragunov was last night. Big things happening on Collision and the biggest thing happening, CM Punk, he pulled out what was in his bag. It is his AEW world title. He spray painted an X over the E. People are freaking out. Oh my God, it means he doesn't like the elite. He still has issues with them. Oh no, not because the E's in the middle and the X intersects at the middle. Wow. Math, everybody. Or is wow. that math? <laughs> People actually did that? People actually- oh, hey, you're online, SB3. You see I, 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 I tend to keep myself out of the wrestling genre. I, I have fixed my for you section where mostly it's basketball. So... Oh, that's good. It's nice. That's what lists are for. That's why I have lists to to look at everything. But yes, people were going crazy over, oh, it's so meaningful that he put it over, meaningful, good or bad, that he put it over the E in the AEW. That's that's why uh, he he still has issues with them and everything. It's like the E's in the middle. If the W was in the middle, it would have been over the W. And the X wasn't going to look lopsided like that. He wanted a perpendicular. Is that the right term? Perpendicular uh, X? Uh, yeah. I think so. Like that's, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Anyway, so we have, oh, sorry, I'm getting a bunch of messages. Um, so we have uh, the real world champion. We have the real world champion, CM Punk. And then he's going to defend the title this week on Collision against Ricky Starks with Ricky Steamboat as the special outside official. And CM Punk mentioned All In Wembley Stadium. He also referenced that he's the first person to mention this because that's been a big thing of like nobody's talking about All In. We're less than a month away. We got no matches announced. And here we are with CM Punk being like, yeah, nobody's talking about this. I'm going to mention it. Kind of hinted that... It'll be him and MJF, assuming MJF is still the champion, for the title in a unification belt. Again, that was a hint. That was not official, but that was the hint from CM Punk. SB3, what'd you make of this whole thing with the red bag? I mean, this was if you if you've been watching Collision the past seven weeks, it was no surprise that it was the old AEW World Championship. If you listen to his 
comeback promo. It shouldn't have been a surprise. I like this promo. I like the, you know, getting across that he's the real world champion. I don't think that we should have had, you know, just Ricky Starks coming out. I think that Punk should have said Punk should have been the one to challenge Ricky Starks and saying you beat me. I said I said no one will have this title until you be, until someone beat me. You beat me regardless of if I like it or not. So you're going to be the first one that gets the opportunity. And then Ricky comes up. I think that would have made things a little bit more smoother, a little bit more cleaner. But I thought both guys performed really well. I thought the segment came off well. And I don't think we're getting that unification match at all in. I think that they do MJF and Adam Cole maybe at all in. And Punk maybe versus uh, Samoa Joe now that he's versus Ricky Starks on uh, next week's show with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat as the referee. I think after that matchup, you have Joe come in and attack him to kind of reignite that feud uh, and the fact that he beat him up after their matchup in the Owen Hart Cup. And then that sets up the matchup at uh, in in the UK. And Joe can say, Joe can still say, anytime a title has been on the line, I'm undefeated against CM Punk. I'm I'm I have never lost to CM Punk with a title on the line. So if you want to be specific, you know how WWE loves to do that. Oh, he's never been pinned. He's been defeated, but he's never been pinned. So you change the context of it and you say Punk has never been in Joe in a title match. And that's the build for all in. And you can have you can have Joe beat up certain people, beat up Dax and Cash to get under uh, Punk's skin to build you to the UK. And then that builds into basically this is like the semifinals to the unification matchup. Because you got two pay-per-views back-to-back, apparently. Because now the, the reports have revealed that apparently Comcast has the all-in pay-per-view for $50. So they're expecting AEW fans to spend 100 bucks in seven days. So you do the two title matches in the UK, and then you do the big unification match. That will be the draw for All Out Punk versus MJF. If you're, it, you got to put that on the second pay-per-view. You can't put it on the first pay-per-view. First pay-per-view will sell itself. You're seeing history. The big, the the harder sell is all out. That's why you put the title unification there. That makes sense to me. Um, I like the way Punk was teasing it. It feels like you got to do the unification match at all in, but then it's okay. When do you do MJF and Cole? Then do you do uh, MJF and Cole at all out? If MJF beats Punk, because Cole MJF said he would give a title shot to Cole. Does MJF lose to Punk at All In, and then you still do MJF and Cole, or maybe Punk and Cole at, at All Out? I don't, I don't know. Um, th- this is the issue with having kind of two pay per views back to back like this: is you've got to figure out a way to how they they intersect and work together when booking pretty much your entire your entire company because you got to sell both of these pay-per-views especially if there is no bundle especially if there is and i think there will be some type of bundle i know comcast has them both listed as 50 i feel like through bleacher report you can maybe get a discount maybe uh i i would hope they would work that out otherwise asking fans to pay a hundred dollars uh back to back fifty dollars back to back a hundred dollars total uh weeks like that fans will probably do it but that's asking that's asking a lot out of that if you can get both of those pay-per-views for i don't know 75 at least it's a 25 dollar discount there it's a it's a lot a lot better um i will i will say as as someone 
first time ever for Forbidden Door, I used my VPN. I have a VPN that I use to watch UK stuff, UK reality shows mostly. But I used it for Fight TV. Do you know how much Forbidden Door was on Fight TV if you're in the in, if you're in Europe? Because I always put it for the UK usually. So I put it for Europe. It was only 20 bucks. 20 bucks for that show. I paid, I paid $30 less than most Americans. And I was like, I was like, yeah, probably Fight TV will be the one to go with because they'll probably have a very affordable bundle. If they sell Forbidden Door for 20 bucks when it was 50 and for, for the rest of us Americans, then I can see them selling, you know, for the combo of all in, all out for like something between 50 to 75 maybe. So what you're saying is everybody should, I don't know if we have a VPN sponsorship. I know it used to be good. VPN. I feel like if we do, that's for the other, that's for the main channel. We're trying to get, we need some sponsorships here on Overbooked. Uh, somebody, uh, where, where, where's the VPN people to, to, to give us a sponsorship here on Overbooked? But I, it used to be Nord. So everybody get a VPN and then you can also use the good WWE Network and not the Peacock version, which is. Yeah. Oh my God. It, that was torture <laughs> last night, Jeremy. That was torture. I just because 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 sometimes I have the you know the VPN. I think we only use it for like one of the TVs. So either we have it in the room or a watch a reality television. But I usually watch the wrestling in the living room, so I don't have it connected when she's watching something uh, in the in the bedroom. So she was watching something last night, and I had to use Peacock. <laughs> oh my god, I was so frustrated. Then I tried to watch, uh, after that great main event, I tried to watch Ilya Dragunov versus Walter from NXT UK and the commercials, Jeremy, the commercials. Oh, my God. I wanted to quit watching right from there. Uh, yeah, the commercials on on Peacock, especially if, if, if you don't have, like, the premium or whatever. Uh, yeah, you get the commercials in the middle of the live event, you know? It's just what you got to deal with. Uh, as far as the, the punk stuff, goes i'm glad they finally did the title reveal it you know the first promo it was strongly hinted at it was basically implied that was what was in the bag of course until he did the reveal no one truly knew what it was uh putting the x over it was i thought hilarious that he's just like yeah i'm just gonna spray paint this x over it to differentiate the two titles he obviously called mjf out a little bit of like straight edge means i'm better than you which long time cm punk catchphrase and he's like yeah that's not stolen uh there you know mjf stealing this catchphrase out here i understand why mjf didn't come out on that like he had his own kind of dealing with ftr and the main event and everything a little curious that it didn't happen though because like if you're gonna do this big i'm the real world champion promo and everything when we know mjf is in the building we know mjf is about to wrestle in a half hour it feels like your world champion should come out and be like what are you taught dude you left like you are you're the one who left the company you got injured you did whatever you did uh, i'm sure mjf will reference it in his promo on dynamite but you you peaced out. You got suspended. You got yourself suspended. I won this title. You left. That's it. Like a little curious that MJF didn't actually come out and confront him. And it was Ricky Starks to set up the match. It felt like MJF probably should have come out in that moment. Or maybe just don't do that title reveal 
on this show. Maybe you should have done it. Maybe you should have saved it for Dynamite. I know CM Punk doesn't show up for Dynamite. He only shows up for Collision. He's not supposed to be there on Dynamite. He's a collider. So maybe they. I know they didn't want to save it for next week because they have the CM Punk Ricky Starks match next week, and they're trying to load up next week being this week. Uh, they're trying to load up that show because it's going up against SummerSlam and everything. So they got like three title matches. But the the layout of it, of having CM Punk do the big title reveal on this show where we know the world champion is on the show and is about to wrestle. And then your world champion doesn't come out and confront CM Punk. A little, little off-putting for me. I thought MJF kind of kind of took an L by not coming out there and, and kind of shooting down Punk's comments, honestly. So, like, what I saw with, like, Collision in the first five weeks is it felt like the old AEW where they built the show for that five-week period to blow off on the 15th with the Owen Hart Cup finals and the big 58-minute match with FTR and Bullet Club Gold. So I thought last week was going to be the full reset for the next arc of the show. So I would have put the Punk promo last week. So then there's none of this doubt and worry that you're talking about with MJF being in the building. Why is he addressing it? It would have been out the window because I do agree with you. That's a very good point that uh, it, it is kind of a logic hole in the whole scenario that you have the the owner of the AEW World Championship in the building, but he's worried about being best friends with somebody in the tag team titles instead of someone questioning his status as the top guy in the promotion. So yeah, I do I do get where you're coming from with that, and that's why I would have put the promo last week. Then you get two week build to Ricky and and Punk. You could have done the same thing. And have Ricky come out say, I'm the Owen Hart Cup winner. I beat I beat you last week. So that is technically mine now. Like I said before, he should have he should have been like, you said no one's beating you for it. I beat you. So that's technically mine now. And then you have two weeks to build out for the big Ricky and Punk matchup and really have a concentrated build to make that show pop a rating against SummerSlam. But it is what it is. They did it this way. It was on this week. Like I said, I thought it was a good promo, but there's a lot of things that they have to address to kind of neatly kind of tie the bow on this. But they do have a lot of interesting, intriguing storylines going on with AEW because you got the MJF, Adam Cole thing. I thought it was the right decision, not breaking them up in the main event. And now you got CM Punk, the real world champion on, on collision. Is he going to be defending the title on collision? What is he going to do for all in, all out? You have those questions being asked by fans. So that means you have two things that is intriguing the fans in a big way. When it comes to to Punk and MJF, so we both think that the unification match is is coming. Whether it be all in, all out, you're going to do the unification match at some point. Should Punk and MJF have... I know it's not technically a one-week build, uh, because they have just the history to play off of, but it kind of is. Let's let's say they go with your scenario. It kind of is a one week build in the sense that you're building towards MJF and Adam Cole uh, for All In, and you're building towards CM Punk for Samoa Joe for All In. Okay, the winners face each other at All Out, so you got one week to build All Out. If CM Punk can appear on that Dynamite, it's in Chicago, so I assume he'd be on that Dynamite. 
I assume he'd be on that collision. They can do a good enough job in two in two shows to tell to catch everybody up on the history and everything. But it also feels like for a world title match, for a unification match, I mean, I guess Moxley and Punk only had like that one week build. I was going to say, I, yeah. that, that was my counter argument. People didn't I was like, like that we're, though. People, we're, I mean, we're talking about a company that did a two week title unification build. They literally did this. But people did not like that. I loved it. I was there. That was fantastic. I loved it. But uh, I, I wouldn't say people didn't like it. I think it was very down the middle. It was very polarizing. Yeah. Where you had people that strongly loved it, like you and me, and then you had people that strongly hated it and didn't like that. Did it pop a rating? Is the question? Yes, it did. Uh, did, it, did it create some some interesting television? Yes, it did. So I think it was a success at the end of the day, and that's another direction that I think MJF can go in, where you can have both guys cutting promos on Dynamite and Collision, and they're cutting promos on both of their opponents, on the fact that you, if Adam Cole and MJF, with the fact that they didn't break up on this episode, they can build this as a friendly competition. Just friend, best friends going at it for the AEW World Championship. So all the vitriol and the usual MJF promo work would go towards Punk. Being like, I have to get through my best friend and whoever wins between me and my best friend is going to face the guy that got squashed by the guy that I beat for the world championship. Because that's another point where if you don't want to talk about the elite and punk situation, something that no heel has brought up to punk is the fact you got washed by, by Moxley. Before before you cried and begged and your best friend picked up a contract for you to get a rematch at all out before you got injured again. Like, you got punked out. The last two times you were in the ring, you got injured and you got beat in three minutes. Like, do you really do you really want to face me, MJF? I'm at the top of my game. Like, you, there's a lot of different ways MJF can bring that vitriol. And he doesn't have to have face-to-face promos. And they could save the, the real face-to-face, first time face-to-face since Punk returned for that final week of build. I, I do think MJF is going to bring up a lot of these points. We know MJF is very biting in his promos. Like we, we know he's going to take any shot that he can at CM Punk when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the build on this. And there's a lot of material on the table still for Punk. Some people have hit on a couple of things. You know, Ricky kind of mentioned like, oh, you don't have any friends type of thing. Uh, but they haven't hit on some of the more biting stuff. And if anybody's going to do it, it's probably going to be MJF because he's he's MJF. You know, what can, can and can't be said? What is Punk going to be comfortable enough? You obviously need to clear these things with Punk. Otherwise, he uh, might, might not take too kindly if he's caught off guard with these things. But yeah, I think MJF is definitely going to gonna attack those areas on him. They got to have a face-to-face at some point. That's biting stuff. Uh, they have to... They have to um, they have to have a face to face at some point. I imagine it would be the final week of all outs and going into the, the unification match. Let's say, let's say they do the unification match at all in. Cause that was again, what was more hinted at than just punk having a match uh, at all in. Um, let's say they do do the unification match at all in. How are you kind of kind of booking that like what do you what are we looking at is who should win and then what happens going into all out if you do the unification match at all in 
yeah, that's why that's why I really think it should be at all out because the tougher sell is there's a reason why WWE puts the real main event of WrestleMania on night two because night two is the harder selling ticket. Night one's going to sell itself. People come to whatever, say, they have WrestleMania at. They're going to come to at least one of the nights of WrestleMania. And nine times out of ten, it's going to be night one. They might not go to night two. And that's why they put that main event matchup on night two to draw the people. That's why the unification match needs to be on all out if you're going to draw people to buy this pay-per-view. If you have it at all in, you can kind of draw out the whole MJF and Adam Cole thing where you peak it and you have MJF turn on Adam Cole maybe two weeks before. And then that's the, 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 the matchup for all out the, the winner of the unification matchup at all in faces Adam Cole for the AEW world championship, because I did think that it was very key in the main event matchup with FTR and better than you, baby, that MJF took the pinfall. So you also got to ask the question, how does Dax Harwood figure into this whole situation with the AEW World Championship? Because now he owns a victory over the AEW World Champion. Could we see an AEW World Title defense on TV before we get to All In and All Out? A lot of these questions, you know, need to be asked and need to be figured out because the AEW World Championship seems to be kind of tied to the AEW World Tag Team Championships even after this matchup that we saw on Saturday due to Dax getting a victory over MJF. They can run back FTR versus MJF and Adam Cole at All In. They have a bunch of different options right now. So what are we doing? SP3. I told you. I told you. I've been told you my plan. I told you from the beginning. You do Adam Cole and MJF. No, I'm I'm telling you. I'm asking you. What are we doing if we do Punk and MJF at All In? Pick me a winner and then pick book the world title match for All Out. MJF has to win the title unification match regardless of what it happens. MJF has to win it because he's the only one of the two that can be on both shows with no issues. So MJF wins the title unification match. Plus you want to build it out to the end of the year with the whole bidding war of 2024 and MJF holding this title hostage. And we have to have MJF interact with some way somehow and feud before the end of the year with the elite, with an elite member at the very least, whether it's Kenny Omega, whether it's hangman, Adam page, they need to be one of the, t- the title contenders for the end of the year, whether that's full gear or whether that's winter is coming. So MJF has a lot left on the table for him as champion, especially if you're doing it at all in. You're not going to do MJF and Adam Cole as not a title matchup. So that should be the title matchup at all out. So MJF wins unified champion going into all out to first Adam Cole. Meanwhile, CM Punk. He can go one-on-one with Samoa Joe at All Out in Chicago and get revenge. Finally beating him in Chicago. He's never beaten Joe in Chicago. Could go with that route. Could go, if you don't want to do Joe and Punk as a title match, you can view Joe and Punk in Chicago. And Joe could say, you've never beaten me in Chicago. We've went to draws. I've beaten you. you never beaten me in Chicago. Go that way. So, I, I like that idea. And that's kind of where I was going to go as well of you do it. You do MJF and Punk at All Out, um, and then you... Hold on one second. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Um, you do that, you, you do punk and punk and MJF at all in, you do the unification match there. MJF has to win because like you said, they got to stretch out the 2024 thing, which hasn't been referenced as much, thankfully. Um, but they're definitely going to come back around to that in the final third of the year, hundred percent. They're going to come back around to that. And then you you do punk and you do punk and whoever at, at all out. Joe Joe makes sense, but you do MJF and Cole at all out because that's something you've been building um, for the past couple weeks, months now at this point. And by the time you get to September, it'd be over two months. And MJF wins that. That's when I think you kind of get the more dastardly MJF. Maybe after the match, MJF kind of wins oh shake hands type of thing but then mjf does the big turn on adam cole and just completely takes him out there gets back to his you know villainous mjf ways that's when you get the elite sticking up for adam cole because that's their friend because i'm I'm a, I'm in agreement with you that if mjf is gonna be like hey 2024 i'm out of here the bidding war i'm going to wwe type of thing it makes the most sense to have, and I think Omega is the best choice in yeah. this one. It makes sense to have Kenny Omega come out and be like, no, this company was founded. You know, it's it's the elite. You're not leaving, despite CM Punk putting the X to the E, you are not leaving this company with this title without going through us. And then, you know, if MJF resigns, then okay, he can maybe keep the title. If he doesn't, then you get the title on... Omega, Hangman, whoever it might be. I also agree with your point that like it makes sense to MJF winning. Otherwise, you're just keeping that title on collision because <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Punk is working both of these shows here. Uh, but Punk would be a shot in the arm for Dynamite. I didn't think Dynamite was that good last week. No. Uh, it, I, think, it has- I think Collision easily cleared them. That was oh, the first yeah. week where I was like, yeah, this is easily a 10-8, round for Collision this week. Yeah. Uh, Wes Allblade says, isn't there a plot hole with Cole attacking the Bucks? Yeah, there, there is. Uh, I think the way to explain that is just the Young Bucks being like, he's our friend. He did what he needed to do at the time. Things happened. We forgive and forget type of thing it hasn't been resolved at all and and that's no. sort of an issue in like in totality but adam cole's been back since like february yeah uh, february march and like they really haven't interacted or anything adam cole's a baby face he kind of had to be a baby face after everything you tie it back around of just like look he attacked us I, that's fine like he did what he felt he needed to do at the time things unfortunately you know, took a turn for the worst with this thing. At the end of the day, he is our friend. Someone's going to take him out like that. We're going to stick up for him. 
and you can address the the attack and stuff in a backstage segment with Cole or an in-ring promo with Cole type of thing. You can easily reunite, get them back on the same page, whether it's backstage, in-ring, please don't do it on BTE. You have a lot of television time to do to resolve all of this. I do think it should be mentioned, though, because, yeah, that was yeah. kind of just an unresolved thing of Undisputed Era, where now Kyle O'Reilly is out of action. Bobby Fish is no longer with the company but there it's still some unresolved stuff with you know Adam Cole when Omega said he was going to take time away or Cole stepped up like oh, I'll be the leader for the group type of thing but you could resolve that pretty easily with a with a promo segment all you have to do is one backstage segment and it could be very simple where it ties into the whole current storyline so then there's a build up to the elite getting involved where you can have either uh roddy tell them and they come up to adam cole and be like yeah we've seen how you and, and mjf have gotten close over the last couple of weeks we've seen roddy trying to talk sense into you we heard uh brit on the phone with you trying to talk sense into you you know i we we have been uneasy since you came back due to what happened previously between us but you have to realize who this guy is we had a friend before that didn't realize who he was until it was too late we don't want to see the same thing happen to you. It's over. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. I, yeah, you I wrote don't... the promo for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't need uh, – I'm cool with Bucks being reluctant to help. This shouldn't just come – I don't want them running yeah. out. Like I'm no. saying end all out with MJF beating the shit out of Adam Cole, and nobody comes and help. MJF is just pull of Adam Cole's blood or whatever. However you're going to take him out, MJF holds or the up. With his, with his broken neck, and then MJF just punches him out. Yeah, if Roddy right wants now. to come out and, and get destroyed as well, that's fine. I don't want the Bucks or Omega running out at all during that. I want them to just kind of slow play it a little bit of maybe addressing it on the final, on the next episode of Dynamite type of thing. Yeah, I don't want them running out at that moment. I want MJF to go off the air of All Out as just beating up Adam Cole, beating him in the match, and then really turning on him and, and beating him up. And you know what else I thought of? If you do that segment, the backstage segment, and you do it in like this month, like August, you do it in August in the buildup to the eventual MJF Adam Cole world title matchup, you can do better than you, baby, versus the Young Bucks. Oh my God, that would be after what we've seen from this team, and we know how the Young Bucks can do, you know, an athletic great matchup. Plus, they could do some comedy. Yeah, and that seems like the perfect team to first MJF and Adam Cole, and that builds to the whole eventual friendly world title matchup at All In. And you, if they do the matchup at All In, they can still do the turn there as well. The same thing you're talking about, where he turns and turns heel, and then it's it's none of the elite comes out. It's actually CM Punk who comes out to to make the save to set up the face to face on either Collision or Dynamite and the uh, unification match at All Out. Cyclops is better than Re- Wolverine, brings up the true point here. Time to bring back Big Dick Bob Fish, baby. I gotta, agree. Gotta get him back in the mix. I got his number. Just let me know if you need it, Tony. <laughs> let me know. I got his number. Bobby Fish. You just have to... You, I'll call his number. You just have to come up with the right number. That's all. <laughs> we need CM Punk on Collision. Being like, tell me when I'm telling lies. And then here comes Big Dick Bob. Like, folks, 
Where is the lie? Is the lie? The lie is in the ring. CM Punk has always been telling lies. That's what we need, baby. We need that CM Punk Bob Fish rematch to see how that's going to go down. Shoot fighter Bob Fish. He's got to win. He's got to win in combat sports, unlike CM Punk. Bob so Fish Bob, has got a knockout on his record, baby. Bob Fish could kick out of the go to sleep at 3.05 <laughs> again. <laughs> Oh, Bob Fish is winning. Put Punk down. Let's see him in a shoot fight. MMA fight. We're going to get Punk and Bob Fish in an MMA fight. That's the fight that we need. That's the real fight. Get this Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler nonsense out of here. Fight pit. Fight. Give us fight pit. Punk versus Fish. I want, the, I want this MMA match. Bob Fish has got a boxing victory. He can do it. He can do this. Bob Fish is a bad man. So oh. you don't want you don't want that smoke with Bob Fish. I don't know. Uh, Fish is striking. Like he actually like trains in like the striking aspect. Yeah. and everything. Punk is. I mean, he's a grappler. He has more grappling experience. Uh, that's what is is if he has any expertise. I guess it's that. I think Fish maybe lights him up a little bit on the feet, though. I think Fish wins that fight. I think so too. Yeah. I think I think fish easily. He catches him with the hands. All he has to do is stand up with him. Catch him with those hands. Punk can't handle the hands. Now, punk striking is uh is what it is. And this was, you know, when he was actually training uh MMA and, and looking to do it, I don't know about full time, but looking to do it as a career and everything. His striking just wasn't wasn't very good. Maybe punk on the ground can catch him. And, and I don't even know about that because Bob, Bob Fish is a submission expert. He's got a Muay Thai background himself. Oh, man. He ain't ready for Bob Fish. Great guy. Great guy. Yeah, Love Bob that. Fish has ultimate old man strength. Well, that's what happens when you were born in the 1920s. You do have ultimate old man strength. Uh, bless Bob Fish. Get him back in the mix, baby. We love. We love. We love the Bob Fish. Uh, anything else from CM Punk's promo, potential build, potential uh, threads of where they go? Should Ricky Starks win on Saturday? Because I think that's the true question. And yes, he should. And yes, he should. But he won't, unfortunately, uh, with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I'm just hoping that this isn't the end of this Ricky Starks push. Uh, this this matchup with Punk on Collision. I hope that he's still featured as one of the top heels on this show because I think that he's he's helped this show. The guys that have helped this show kind of create its own identity and that I watched Saturday nights for is the Ricky Starks, is Christian Cage, is Bullet Club Gold. Those are the guys that have been shining on this show. So I hope they continue to allow Ricky Starks to shine in this heel role. I think I think fish or fish. Sorry, bring back Bob. Still, fish. Think, still um, thinking about Bobby Fish. Still always like, thinking about draw. Bob Fish. The draw. Not a, not a day goes by where I don't think about Bob Fish, baby. Um, I think Starks will be fine. I hope he will be fine. It was good that they followed up with the the own tournament win by giving him another good victory in the tag team match against Darby and Punk. He, did the good promo um, on Saturday face-to-face with Punk. He's got the big match now with Punk. I don't suspect he will win. But I think he'll be okay on this on, on Collision because it does seem like Collision has afforded, has really narrowed down sort of their, their focus on, on certain people, certain acts. Starks is definitely 
one of them. Uh, if you look at Collision, the first however many weeks it's been now, the first month and a half, we've seen Punk is obviously a big focus. Uh, Andrade and House of Black have been a big focus. I felt that I still think there's still a little bit of issues there because yeah, Andrade got his mask back, but he hasn't faced Malachi yet. You would think yes. that's going to be a match at some point. Does Roosh? get involved do we do a trios thing because hey house of black still has the trios titles on this um so andrade kind of house of black have been a focus bullet club gold has been a focus and and jay white uh certainly the the main focal point there and then ftr those are the acts they've really that have been consistently on collision since the very start of the show so they've really focused on those acts and they've giving them consistent time, giving them consistent stories. I imagine that'll continue. Where does Ricky actually go? Like, this is where you just got to find somebody who keeps him at a top level after feuding with CM Punk because, you know, Ricky faced Chris Jericho. He technically won the feud with Chris Jericho, but then he didn't have anyone to feud with after that, that still felt like he was like, oh, he's still a top player on Dynamite. It just kind of faded away for a little bit until Collision did pop up and then he got to do the stuff with CM Punk. So now you got to find somebody with Ricky who is seemingly a heel. You got to find a good baby face for him to work with on on Collision. Maybe that's Darby Allen. You know, he got the pin on Darby Allen. Yeah. Darby's going to all out and he's going to challenge for the TNT title. Maybe Darby Allen's the guy. You do you run back Ricky and uh, you run back Ricky and Darby, which they they did I believe during the pandemic era stuff. So yeah, maybe that's, that was maybe that's that was Ricky's kind of his first feud. That yeah. was his first feud when he was with Team Taz. But unfortunately, Ricky, I mean, Darby's got a lot going on right now. Yes. He's got Christian and Luchasaurus on Collision. He's got a Swerve and Ar Fox and Mogul Embassy on Dynamite. He's been the the workhorse for AEW because he's been the guy that has appeared on both shows multiple times. So I think that Darby is stretched too thin. So that 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 begs the question: Does Ricky can Ricky even afford a loss? Do you do maybe a sixty minute time limit draw, or do you have Ricky win by DQ or count out or something like that? Like they. You have to. They have to be very careful with what they do here because having Ricky lose with uh, lose against CM Punk and not having an immediate follow up for him planned that is detrimental. And it's only so many times a guy can kind of climb out of the abyss in this company, and it feels like Ricky Starks. This is like the second or third time he's been able to do that. And it feels like he has that upward kind of momentum that he can be a top player for them. So they have to have that program ready, ready where honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know if we, we should even have a finish and maybe the, uh, maybe a stip on this matchup should be the matchup for all in. Okay. I'm not, I'm not fully mad at that, but that that's why you bring in Ricky steamboat though. I imagine we'll yeah. get the spot where Ricky tries to grab the ropes Starks that is and then steamboat knocks his hand away knocks his foot away whatever it might be so to prevent him from cheating i do think cm punk wins that's fine i think ricky punk uh, wins with his hand on the rope oh that'd be good yeah I, that, I like that. that's how you that's how you continue the feud because yeah. punk punk been crying i'm sorry i <laughs> i haven't been rooting for punk since he's been complaining about 
ah, oh, there's Ricky Starks holding on the ropes. And that's why I liked Ricky's response to him, telling him, like, I just did it before you could. Like, I just did the same thing you always would do. And for Punk to show him that with having Rick, having Steamboat kick Ricky's hand off the ropes and then Punk reverses it. It looks like Punk's going to do it fair. And then Ricky Steamboat goes down to count and Punk holds on to the rope. One, two, three. That's how Punk wins. Then you have the option where you could say, okay, now they're one, one. Let's do the third matchup. Okay. So you do the third matchup at all in potentially. Look, I think Punk's winning this feud regardless. So Ricky's got to take an L somewhere in there, like a clean, a clean loss. So Punk can win. And the, the, the point of this is, okay, what's the follow-up for, for Ricky at this point, I'm looking at like the roster the babyface side, at least on Collision, isn't fully fleshed out. Uh, there ain't like Andrade is, is there, but I don't know if he again he's working with House of Black right now. I don't know when that gets resolved. It does feel like they're going towards the trios at some point. At least that would make sense considering House of Black still has the trios titles. Like where Miro, yeah, Ricky and Miro. Is, but it seems like Miro's going to have a program with Powerhouse Hobbs after Aaron Solo attacked him on Collision. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah, I, it, which it I'm all for, because that, that does pay off what Miro said last week when he said the big fight is coming, and it's one you all been looking forward to. And Powerhouse Hobbs versus Miro kind of fits that bill. Yeah, yeah, it does look like Miro and Hobbs is going to be a direction uh, based on based on Collision and what happened there. Yeah. Wardlow? Wardlow's just been kind of out of the picture since losing the title. Yes. You know, so so maybe they bring back Wardlow as the baby face, but then it doesn't feel like okay, Wardlow returns, big baby face pop and everything. Feels like he should probably beat Ricky. I don't know if Ricky needs to take the the loss after that. It's uh it can be a tricky situation here. I do think I do think if you stretch this to um if you stretch this to all in punk and Ricky, that is, and Ricky loses to punk at all in Darby wins the TNT title at all out. I do think you can do a Ricky and Darby feud and both men can come out of that. I'd like Ricky to win the TNT title. I think that makes the most sense. Uh, Darby's a guy who just kind of remains over a championship or not. Um, I think Ricky can, can win that title there, but that feud makes the most sense to me. Yeah of a guy Ricky can beat who can kind of remain over and not lose a bunch of momentum, especially if they're coming off a TNT title victory. So that's where uh, Trey Trey says, if Mox doesn't beat OC, have Ricky beat OC for the international title. I I thought about that as well. If um, yeah, Orange Cassidy, him beating Orange Cassidy for that title would make some sense. Uh, A says Ricky still gets cheered. He does, but like he's a heel. They've positioned him at this point as a heel. I mean, Punk gets booed, gets cheered. He's more positioned as a face. But, I mean, he's, like like you said, he's still complaining a lot. He's still complaining a lot. I would say at this point, I would say the elite as a collective is the top baby face of the company. And then Punk would probably be number two. Probably Cassidy's the top baby face in the company. (laughs) Also, also true. Uh, if you if you talk about single by themselves, yeah, Orange Cassidy would be the top babyface. But that's why I said elite as a collective unit. That feels like the the all encompassing 
top babyface of the promotion where you have two guys that could be the top babyface and then you got a top tag team in there. So I feel like they are the top babyface. Then then you're Punk, then you're OC, then you're Darby. But after that, after those top those top guys, it's like it's kind of a fall when it comes to babyfaces after that. And a lot of that comes down to booking and lack of follow-up. Like, where the hell is Keith Lee? Why the hell have we got a Keith Lee versus Swerve Strickland match? Yet? I don't think they're doing it. I know. I don't I'm... think they're doing it either. I've given I've given up on that, but all of this is why Keith Lee, Keith Lee should be among those guys that I just named as one of the top baby faces in the promotion. And if they had ever just put a bow on his Swerve feud, I think he would be there. But he's not because they just lack consistency with his booking. I I think the the bloom is off the Keith Lee rose at this point, and it it could be because there was no real conclusion to the Swerve feud. It could be other things like he just hasn't been consistently on television. But the yeah, the time for Keith Lee feels like it's it's just past. He's you know teaming with Dustin Rhodes and everything. Like it's just. It ain't Ashok says Keith Lee versus Swerve at All In. I mean, it makes sense that you do that at All In, but now Swerve has got AR Fox. He's still feuding with Darby. He's feuding with Nick Wayne. Those feel like bigger. Ma- I'm kind of just over Keith Lee and Swerve. Like you missed your opportunity to do it. Not not as like individuals. I I no, think Swerve no, I get is, it. Yeah, I think Swerve's one of the top performers uh, yeah. in in AW right now. Keith Lee just hasn't been consistent enough for, for, for me, but like you missed your window to like do the singles match and, and have it mean something at this point. It's just like, okay, if you do it cool, otherwise I, I don't care though. Like, I don't even care yeah. if you, if you, if you actually do it, cause it just feels like it, it's not as hot as it was. Swerve has done a bunch of different things since, uh, since breaking up. And Keith has done different things, none of which have had consistent presence, none of which has been all that appealing to me. Like, cool on the Dustin Rhodes tag team. Like, it's been fine, but it's a Rampage act. Anything you put on Rampage, right or wrong to me, feels a little, like, especially when it's throwaway stuff like that. It's not like they've had these, like, big matches or anything. Anything you put on Rampage, I'm not going to care as much about rampage has become that, that B show kind of thing. And they're trying to make it mean something with battle Royals for title shots, but the, the matches, the singular matches on rampage don't mean a whole lot to me. Gone are the days where rampage would have like a big match, your pack versus Andrade, your young bucks versus Lucha bros. Like you'll get the elite sometimes on the show, but they're versus like the lower tier kind of trio on there anyway. So it doesn't even make that much of a difference. And it seems like with the swerve Keith Lee thing, they only remember that that feud exists when Keith Lee is around. Like yeah. when Swerve's around, he's able to do different stuff. You're able to start a program with him and Orange Cassidy at Double or Nothing. So we have a great matchup for the international title on Dynamite. He's able to restart his whole thing with Darby Allen and finally get a win over him and turn AR Fox heel, which I've been asking for for well over a year now. I don't know how long AR Fox been in AEW, but I was like, team up Dante Fox and Kill Shot again. Just do it. 
AEW <laughs> for Lucha Underground fans. Y'all get that. But yes, I, I've been asking for that. But Swerve is able to do different things. When Keith Lee's around, it seems like, oh yeah, he still he still didn't finish his whole program with Swerve. So we should put him in there with something with Swerve. It seems like Keith has not done anything else besides stuff with Swerve since they broke up as a tag team. Keith Lee has wrestled one singles match this year yes. in AEW. It was yes. in April against Chris Jericho. Yes. Everything else has just been tag team stuff or, or multi-man stuff. Cause he had the match where he teamed like with like Orange Cassidy and uh, Vikingo. Oh, Vikingo. I think he, yeah. he teamed with, he also teamed with Orange Cassidy and Sting and Darby. Like it's always been tag team and multi-man stuff. He's done one singles match. Like this is not a knock on Keith Lee. It's just, he's been surpassed on the depth chart at this point. Like he was him and swerve were hot at the end of last year as the tag team champions and everything since they've broken up, he's just kind of done, done, not a whole, not a whole lot. Like he was off television for a while. I don't remember if he was heard, if it, if it was something else, but like from, from the breakup basically until the beginning of the year, he just wasn't on TV a whole lot. But, um, yeah, it, it's just he, he's been surpassed. Whether it's they they've just they've kept him off TV. Whether it is something more going on with him, in which case I, I wish him the best. Yeah. But it, it's it's an unfortunate reality of the wrestling business where if you're not on TV, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind type of thing. And you you this is why every wrestler is afraid. You hear every single wrestler talk about it. Like, I don't want to get injured. I don't want to be off TV. You lose your spot. Like some guys yep. can, can overcome that. Some guys and girls can overcome that. Some guys and girls will always just have their spot and it'll be okay. But even those people, you hear Charlotte Flair being like, I don't want to miss TV. I'm worried about losing my spot. Charlotte Flair always comes back. She's immediately in the title picture. And immediately people, in the spot she left. Like, it's like, yeah. Like people worry about it. Like like people people are worried about it. That's for sure, and they're worried about it for good reason because we see it time and time again. Where if you are injured, you do kind of just lose that spot, and yeah. he's sort of lost his spot as as uh that person on there. He's he's lost his spot as on, on the depth chart, and he's been surpassed by a lot of people. And like I look, I was okay personally professionally Same. i hope that's that's the biggest thing here but as far as television wise i don't um i'm i'm not attached to keith lee i'm not attached to keith lee as far as what's what has been presented this year on television yeah no definitely i definitely 100 get it and it's it's sad that that's the case that so many people have uh you know eclipsed them on the death chart i forgot to put in that baby face adam cole but yeah, yeah adam, adam cole, cole and jfr is, is, he, yeah they're they're yeah. top baby faces so yeah. so but yeah yeah i mean i hope that keith lee uh if it is a health situation he does get better but yeah it's just it just sucks that they just don't when he comes back Put him in something else. Just put, just forget the feud. If you if you want to move on, then move on. Don't just care about the feud when he's around, and then don't when he's not around. I'd rather you just move on completely. I yeah, I'd honestly rather them just drop it and then this time next year reference it. Like hey, yes. remember when we were champions and we I never got to whoop your ass in a singles match? Like I'm gonna make good on that. 
right now. And then the fans who have been following be like, oh, shit, here we go. We're finally getting Lee and Swerve. Whereas now it's like you've done so much with Swerve elsewhere where, yeah, like you said, Keith Lee, it's like he's only there to he's only there to feud with Keith Lee when he's like actually around. Otherwise he's, if Keith Lee's not on TV, Swerve's doing his other thing. But if, if Lee is on TV, it's like, oh, he's attached to Swerve for some reason. Yeah. Look, Swerve's moved on. So we can, I think we can move Keith Lee. I, I think we are going to get one more though. I think that uh, the, the whole setup here, because with AR Fox joining Mobile Embassy, they now have five in their unit, five active wrestlers outside of Prince Nana, even though I would love to see Nana in a match. Uh, you can set up like having a big multi-man matchup at like all out or all in where you have Swerve, AR Fox, Brian Cage, and Sons of uh, Gates Agony versus Sting, Darby, uh, Nick Wayne, Keith Lee, and throw in a random. You, you know how AEW does. Like, yeah. Vikingo, here you go. You're <laughs> on this team. So, yeah, they could do they could do something along those lines. Or they could, they could throw in one of, uh, like, Darius Martin, since he has history with AR Fox, if you want to have it make a little bit of sense. But, yeah, they could do that type of multi-man matchup, which I think that that's probably the goal by having uh, Darby kind of put together his whole, he's seemingly putting together a whole unit. I call it the D12 of AEW because Darby is the M&M of AEW because he's always trying to put his friends on. <laughs> um, MJF and Adam Cole, what, what was your prediction going into Saturday's collision. Did you think they were going to win? Did you think a turn was going to happen? Where were you before the match on Saturday? Before the matchup, I was convinced that FTR was going to win and MJF would turn on Adam Cole after the matchup. What I thought was the right decision to do would be MJF and Adam Cole won the match. I felt it just, it just felt like that going into the show as the match started and you heard how the crowd was reacting to them, it just felt like the whole time, it felt like the for the first time, even though I felt like the FTR Bullet Club Gold matchup was better, I had no doubt FTR was going to win there. This one, I had doubt FTR was going to win. I really thought that they probably would go with the hot hand right now, the hot act of going with MJF and Adam Cole. And of course, you could put the titles back on FTR in a few weeks, but it just felt like the right decision right there and there on July 29th, 2023 was MJF and Adam Cole win the tag team titles. I was I was in the same boat as you. I thought FTR would win, the turn would happen after the match, and then I thought but what I would have liked was an MJF and Adam Cole title victory because they are a hot act. And I think you can stretch a little bit more out of it. And the fact that they stayed together afterwards kind of shows that they, they realize this is a hot act and but maybe this has always been the plan to keep them together. Uh, we'll never know unless Tony, decides not to kayfabe uh, his responses in in press conferences of what his actual plans were. Um, But the the fact that they kept them together shows they know they, this, this group, this pairing has some life to it. When will the turn happen? I kind of laid out one scenario of maybe it happens after all out. They do their match MJF after he beats Adam Cole uh, for the title to retain the title. He realizes he has no use for Adam Cole. 
at that point. Uh, you know, but we could have we could have seen we could have seen that turn on Saturday after MJF lost. He could have all right, well, that's this tag team thing is kind of over. Now I know you're coming after my title. I've shown my vulnerability. I sacrificed myself for you so you didn't have to take the the shadow machine and then I lost. That ain't happening again. I'm not showing like that was a mistake I made. Immediately remedy that mistake by hitting Adam Cole. And of course, Cole was suspecting it, expecting it. He had his back turned. He said, do what you got to do. And then MJF decided to hug him. I love how they played both of those characters. Because everything you said, they didn't say a goddamn word of that. You got all of that from MJF's facial expressions. Like, he told a whole story with crying. Like, he did something selfless, which would try to take the bullet for Adam Cole, and it backfired on him. For the first time in his life, he did something selfless, and it backfired, and it, lo- it led to him losing for the first time since May of 2022. And he was just so heartbroken. He felt like his, wor- his world was shattering around him because he loves having a best friend. He loves having a friend in general like Adam Cole, but he realizes he can't be the best him in this tag team, in this friendship. So, like, when he was had the belt and he was like, should I? Should I, I, I should do it. It's the, that's what I should. That's what my brain is telling me. But his heart is telling him, no, you should, you should, be, you should still be his best friend. Meanwhile, Adam Cole is not a dumb baby face. He's a heel that has reformed. So he knows what's up. He turned around. He turned around and he realized he was like, I just gave this dude my back. What would I do? If I gave if I gave someone my back that I want and you know deep down inside he wants something that I have I would hit him with the title and that's why Adam Cole was like yeah just do it just go ahead do it to me and then they both realized that no they actually are friends and that's where they hug I thought that that was great storytelling and it reminded me of the storytelling from like 2020 2019 2020 with the elite. Like that felt like the hangman holding onto the ropes after the revolution 2020 tag, as far as like fakes of heel turns or betrayals that was up there. This one on Saturday. I I absolutely loved it. I'm very interested to see where it goes from here because MJF did say he would give Adam Cole a title shot. Like he, he did say that. When is that going to happen? You know, there's two major shows coming up. I think MJF and Cole at this point deserves to be on one of those shows. I don't think you can just do this on a random episode of Dynamite. I know they'll they'll probably special title it something, but like I don't think you, this should be on just a, an episode of Dynamite or an episode of Collision. I think it should be. I, I think it should be on one of these big shows, and this is where you got to figure out. Uh, when you're running these two shows back to back, okay, what's going to be on which show to have importance for both of them. And we laid out some scenarios already. My mine was punk and MJF at all in MJF wins MJF and Cole at all out. That feels like a big enough match to headline all out in Chicago. Of course you can do Chicago with CM Punk not headlining. Uh, they might be, they, I don't know if they're going to be up on that. Uh, especially. Exactly. 
that's why I say I think my scenario is the cleaner so scenario, and it has some logic to it of put the bigger matchup plus Chicago Punk in the main event in a title unification. That's what we want. I wanted that last year, and I went to Chicago. I wanted the title unification with Punk and Moxley to be at All Out, and they didn't give it to me then. So this is a year in a making that All Out gets. You still got a title match in Chicago. You still got a title match, but it wasn't the same. It was it was very obvious that Punk was going to (laughs) win. That Punk was going to win at that point, like. And I, yeah, I, there, there was, even though I said I liked the whole booking of that feud up until All Out, there was stuff I would have changed. And more time was one of the biggest change I would have made. So, but if you have that, you know, that matchup at All Out, I think that's cleaner. And that takes care of your main event program. Your other top program, I think, is also going to get much clearer after Wednesday on Dynamite. I think the whole reason you have Jericho and Takeshita versus Sammy and uh, Garcia is for Takeshita and Jericho to win and then get approached by the elite or tease that they are getting, they're going to verse the elite in some form. And I think at All In, in London, you get the Golden Lovers reunion, Golden Lovers versus Takeshita and Jericho, and then you do Omega versus Takeshita at All Out. So I was going to ask about that. One, the report uh, from Fightful Select is that Jericho and Osprey at All In. Um, you, so you are you are saying this is not going to happen, SB3. You don't think it's going to be Jericho and Osprey? Which, for the record, I I understand there's a Don Callis link there. Otherwise, you ain't really hit on this at all with Jericho and Osprey. So you'd be doing a lot of work in the next couple of weeks uh, to get Osprey in the mix. I mean- we mentioned Bobby Fish earlier, and you said, "Where's the lie?" And I'm going to ask, "Where's the heel?" <laughs> I mean, where, where's who's the baby face? Who's the hero? Where's the Osprey's, heel? Where's Osprey's the baby, the baby face? face. Osprey's How the baby is he? Face. Okay, yeah. I mean, it is. They're in London. The He's getting kicked here. He's the it, baby. It face. is the UK, yeah. but I'm just saying, as far as the build to it, who would be the the baby face and heel in that situation? I know when the match actually comes, Osprey is the the baby face, but. In AEW world, Osprey has been anything but a baby yeah. face. So, so yeah, I don't know how that works out. But I feel like there are much bigger and stronger matchups for Osprey outside of Jericho. I know it's one that he's wanted for a while, and I know it's a big enough name that fits the build for him having a big matchup at All In. But I'll be honest, I'd rather Osprey versus Pac. I'd rather we get a clean finish to that because we got it in 2019 and we never got a clean finish. We got it twice, I think, in 2019 and never got a clean finish. Give me a clean finish for that match. I'm I'm fine with that if you're just doing a big Will Ospreay type of dream match thing. Like, sure, give give me a pack match. Who's the baby face in that, SB3? You got the bastard pack who is... He's uh, been a tweener since day one of AEW, it seems. I mean, Pack is whatever of. he needs to be for whatever show he's on. Yeah, he kind he kind of has um, been 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 a tweener. I mean, he walked out on Blackpool. They're heels, I guess. Um, so that kind of makes Pack a baby face. But he's he's a bastard. That's that's what he is. If they do Osprey and Jericho, then I do wonder what what comes of the elite coming into All In and All Out. I think Omega and Takeshka makes the most sense, whether it be all in or all out, because you got to wrap the Omega and Callus feud 
somehow. And Takeshka is clearly Callus's guy. So that makes sense that you would do Omega and Takeshka. What, what about the Young Bucks? What about Hangman Page? Like, what are we doing with these guys? It is very, I don't know about worrying, worrisome, but it's a little odd to me that we're less than a month from all in. I don't know what the direction is for the elite coming off blood and guts either. Like, I don't know. They're facing, they're facing Jarrett, Satnam and lethal on Wednesday. That feels like a sort of a random match. We're going to do Omega and Jarrett at they, all they, in. They, like, we're going to give you an easy match after you've been having anarchy in the Fair. arena and blood and guts over the last two months. So we're going to give you an easy match up here. I could see a bunch of different scenarios. I think that it's not a coincidence that FDR mentioned the Young Bucks during yeah. their promo two weeks ago. I think that is a, a route they can go. Honestly, at All In, I would do FTR and Aussie Open. I feel like Aussie Open in that UK where they came up, uh, kind of challenger type of role, I think that would work out. And then you do All Out. Once again, you give the Chicago fans the match they wanted last year, this year, and you do FTR and Young Bucks there for the tag team titles. All right, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all because you got to have some type of direction with the elite and hangman page going into all in and all out omega and takeshka makes sense young bucks and ftr makes sense i don't know where that leaves hangman page who should be a much much bigger baby face he should be yes. the top baby face in the company and yes. i don't know what they're doing with him right now coming off of all of this they got to figure something out for for hangman page because all right, I can I can talk myself into Omega and Takeshi. That yeah, the Callus stuff makes sense. I can talk myself into Young Bucks and FTR. That heat is always gonna kind of be yes. there. I'm looking at the landscape with a Hangman Page going into this show, and I'm like, what is there for Hangman Page? Like where? What honestly? What is A Shock says? Hangman I, and, and Claudio? Uh, sure. Uh, I mean, I want him to get away from Black. He's been feuding yeah, with Black Bull Combat Club I agree. since October of last year. Like he's been the consistent thread that has connect that connected the whole Blackpool Combat Club elite rivalry because that was basically the the carry on from the Hangman Moxley feud. Uh, we got Dark Order in the chat. That doesn't. That, we we just turned down That's Claudio funny. versus Hangman. Claudio yeah. versus Hangman is a guaranteed banger. But we've seen too much of Hangman versus BCC. The one thing we've seen more than Hangman versus BCC is Hangman interacting at all with the Dark Order. And there's no one on the Dark Order I want to see Hangman versus one-on-one. So, no, I am totally good on all of that. Um, if they, they can go a lot of interesting ways here, if they just want to have like a big matchup or yeah, you have to ask the question. Do you want a big matchup or do you want like a neck, the next feud for hangman to start? Or are you just keeping him busy until he's probably the challenger after the, in the fall for, for MJF, maybe even as early as grand slam, you could run back hangman. So it's all about getting him big wins. So you could see something, you know, like I said, young bucks would be busy at all out, but they would need something for all in. 
they could be maybe a challengers for the trios titles, the, the hung bucks themselves, since they have been very uh, strategic in keeping them undefeated as a trio since they've been reunited. Uh, they could face another, another, another big trio as well. If it doesn't have to be house of black. And then you do, you could do a big first time singles matchup, Kota Ibushi in AEW and have it against Hangman Adam page at all out. If you just want to give him a big matchup and Kota Ibushi could win that or Hangman can get the big win and that sets him up to be the next challenger for whoever wins MJF and Punk in the main event. I'd like Hangman to get a story instead of just a one-off. Look, Hangman and Kota Ibushi, great match, but I don't, I don't particularly love the idea of getting to that match. Uh, I do, I do like hung bucks against potentially house of black at all in but then it feels like hung bucks gotta win that especially if you're gonna have young bucks challenge um challenge ftr the week after at all out i don't think you can i wouldn't have them lose that match and then like oh by the way watch them compete in a tag team match the following week uh for the tag team titles i don't think you want to pin hangman because i i think hangman I think Hangman should just be a bigger deal than he is right now. Like he gets the big pop every time the music hits. He is a super pure baby face that the fans are behind every single time. Like it just feels like you should be doing something substantial and they don't. So not, what do you, what do you think you should do? Uh, I, I'm looking, I'm looking at the roster and I'm looking at like who he could maybe face it, it, that feels like a big match. I'd like to see Hangman and Samoa Joe. How you get there, I don't care. Samoa Joe's awesome. Hangman Page just likes to fight people. Samoa Joe just likes to fight people. That's I'd how you get there. That. Yeah, you just like that. That's the that's the first name that sort of jumps out to me because right now it feels like a, a clean slate with Hangman. He's wrapped yeah. up the stuff hopefully with Blackpool Combat Club, so you can kind of go wherever you want with him. You know, is he tied to the elite still? Yeah, probably. But, you know, he's not on this Dynamite 200, at least not yet. Um, yeah. Man, they're going to end up doing something like Hangman and Jericho. And I, and I know they're doing like Jericho and Osprey allegedly, uh, reportedly at, at All In. But they're going to do like Hangman, Hangman and Jericho and, at All Out. Right. Hangman and Osprey. Well, Hangman and Osprey would be great. I actually love that idea. That's what it what it should be. That'd be fantastic. Um, I, I think Samoa Joe. Makes It'd be some the sense. battle, the battle of the of the last two guys that beat Kenny Omega for a world championship. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, that just that just came into my head. See, yeah, like, I'm, it for right it. There for I'm for it. I'm uh, for I I think Samoa Joe makes some sense for for Hangman. Otherwise. Like looking at things, the the trio stuff with Young Bucks against House of Black makes some sense as well. Otherwise, there's not a whole whole lot there because it feels like everyone else kind of has something that they're tied up into. But you know, then if and this is where the roster split can be a little tricky. I know it's not a hard roster split, but House of Black said they ain't working Wednesdays, brother. Are the young and bucks? Joe, Joe don't work Wednesdays. Yeah, are the young bucks and Hangman Page? Are they gonna work Saturdays, brother? Like, 
It's, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe That's why Joe... I, I don't think Joe is the, the right route because I feel like Joe has a better matchup for London. And because I don't want all that build to be an absolute waste. He has to versus Zack Sabre Jr. at all in. Like, you did all that build on ROH uh... for what? For what? For what? Like, Zach, Zach was fighting Orange Cassidy and Shibata at Forbidden Door, and Joe wasn't even there. Like, what are we doing? So, yeah, I, I would like that more than Joe and Hangman. I saw somebody in the chat bring up Shingo has a matchup on the Ref Pro Show the night before All In. Shingo is a big is a big name where you can have, like, a dream match. Where, 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 where you could do the same scenario. He versus Shingo at All In. Versus Abushi at All Out, beats both of them, and now he could say he beat two more world champions, and now he has to beat the number one contender for the world title. They don't do rankings anymore. That's big three. I know they don't, but uh, but you but, can okay. still think you're the number he one beat, contender. Why he beat two guys who have zero record in AEW? Zero record. Excuse me, sir. Shingo Takagi got a win on the zero hour of Forbidden. They got no singles win. And Obushi is one and oh. Excuse me. Zero record in singles. He will be two and oh by all out. Zero record in singles matches for Obushi and Shingo. Those 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 wins don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. There's no rankings. Bring back the right. Somebody's hey, West Hollywood I, says. I, I, I keep my own. I keep my own ranking. Excuse me, sir. Also at All In, I could see them doing uh, Sting and Darby versus Christian and Luchasaurus. Yeah, that build, that makes to sense. To build all out. I imagine Sting is involved somewhere, uh, somewhere in the All In. Like he's got to have a match yeah. on that yeah. show. He just has to. Uh, Eddie James says House of House of Black uh, don't work Wednesday. Malachi said he requested to be on Saturdays. Uh, he said, and the, his reasoning was he doesn't want he doesn't want it to be like, oh, I can watch Wednesday and and see them. Why do I need to watch Saturdays? It is yeah. I think his reasoning was like, yeah, you watch Saturday, you get to see House of Black. So that was his. Uh, so they feel a little special. On that, so yeah, Malachi said he requested to just be on Collision. Uh, yeah. So yeah, NXT Great American Bash was last night. SB three, we got we got some time to to finish talking about this. Overall thoughts on on the show as a whole. I was very much on the fence on this show leading into the main event. I just didn't think it was on the level of. Vengeance Day, Stand and Deliver, and Battleground. It felt like with those three shows, we were on our way to rebuilding kind of like a takeover reputation for NXT premium live events. You know, with Vengeance Day, that had the whole Wesley versus Dijak opener for the North American Championship early in the card. Uh, You had Stand and Deliver, had the five-way for the North American title. Hello, Sean with his egg run in. Hello, Sean. Hey. On his phone. You look like you like just woke up. Did you get into exactly. a fight last night? You look mm-hmm. you you, you look a, a little fight? rough, buddy. Oh no. Look like he shaved too. Yeah. Yeah, like a That's week it. ago. <laughs> How's the bacon? I haven't, I haven't seen you in a while. I'm oh, faithful substitute sure. substitute teacher. Y'all only call me when you need someone to fill in. That's true. No bathroom passes required for SP3. <laughs> you can get up and leave. 
<laughs> how, how you doing, buddy? How you feeling? I'm doing a lot better before you told me I looked like shit, Jeremy. Well, you you got like a mark under your eye. Like, am I the only one seeing this? Maybe it's the light. Like, it's the light, Jeremy. Okay, all right. Like, get better lighting. Is that what you used to tell me? <laughs> you're on your phone. I can tell you're just on your phone. Yeah, I don't want to go upstairs yet. Fair. You got to go to Detroit this week. That doesn't seem like fun. Yeah, Jeremy out here acting like I don't work. I'm about to travel to Detroit. <laughs> Good thing about Detroit is I don't have to rent get a hotel room. I can just buy a house for the same amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's okay. Well, I, I Anyway, Jeremy's offended me. Goodbye. <laughs> I know how to get him to leave. If I want to get him to leave, I'll just ask for more money and he'll immediately leave. <laughs> or you say or you say he looks like hell. <laughs> he will I'm I love Sean, but like he's looking a little rough on this Monday. It's eleven thirty. Get yourself together. What are we doing? What are we doing? Wait, wait, wait. What's the t- what's the time in in, in, in where is he? Kentucky. Eleven thirty. It's eleven. Oh, it's Eastern. Oh shit! That's yeah. no excuse then. <laughs> not East time. I thought I it was a different. I thought it was a different coast. I was like, oh, I don't know. No, SB three. We got excuses. We got kids. That's the that's the ultimate excuse for when you look when you don't look your best. Like you know what, I got kids, man. Give me a break kids. on this stuff. Sean doesn't have the kids' excuse. What are we doing, man? I, man, the kids' excuse, man. Sean, you better get busy because it helps out, man. You can use it when you're late, when you don't oh, look yeah. right. When you know, like, like kids is always the excuse. Like over the last three years, I cannot tell you how many times kids has been my reasoning for everything. All, all the time. Yes, if I'm late for something, I'm like, oh, sorry. The kids just had to had to deal with them, had to get them to bed, or they needed this, they needed that, and it's just an easy, easy out. And the wife encourages me to do that too. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I like really want to do this. I think I might be late for this. She's like, just, just say something came up with the kids. Half the time, it's not a lie. Like it's like, oh, the kids got sick. No, it's me. It yeah. always is. It's always a nugget of truth. It's yeah. just how much you 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 emphasize right. that nugget. That's that's what it really is all about. Kids, kids are great for the excuse making. Absolutely fantastic. Um, some some quick super chats real quick, and then we'll get back to to NXT. Caden says uh, Melo is him, and Chi Town Spurs says if CM Punk is the real world champion, does that mean MJF is the road rules champion? Good pop. For that one. I mean, I, we would have to talk to Mark Long. We would have to talk to Mark Long, see where he he would uh, be in the ranking. And did CM Punk talk to The Miz before making himself the real world champion? I just have to <laughs> act that because Miz was the last real world champion, if you remember correctly. From that is true. Season. That is true. All right, SP3. Uh, did, I don't know. I don't know if you finished your thoughts on. NXT once we got Sean's no. run in. Okay, go ahead. Like I said, uh, on the way to the pay-per-view, it just didn't seem all there. Uh, the Gable-Stevenson uh, debut might go down in history as one of the all-time worst WWE debuts of all time. Like, 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 because it's what I, I've seen debuts where the fans did not, did not, uh, you know, like the person. I've seen debuts where the person was great. I've seen debuts where the person was versing the wrong guy to be in the matchup with them. I've seen debuts where the booking was just horrible. I've seen debuts where the the ending was just so bad 
people talk about it for weeks and months and maybe even years to come. I've never seen all of it in one match. Like all the things I just said was that one match. The wrong guy to be in the ring with the new guy. The fans hated him. You're not Angle. Let's go. They cheered Baron Corbin, Jeremy, instead of Gable Stevenson. That is bad enough. And then they did a double count out. Oh, my God. That was like, yo, they did the full, clean sweep of how to book a shit poor debut. Like, I I don't know how to describe it. Before we get into the main event, got to talk about this debut for Gable Stevenson. I understand why WWE was high on him, like, after he won – the Olympic gold. I think he signed with WWE before he won an Olympic gold medal. I think uh, my timeline's very off, but he, I understand all this. Like he was a wrestling fan. He amateur wrestlers. They always love scooping those guys up. Very successful amateur wrestler on top of that, winning gold medals and everything. The fact that it's taken him, he was part of like the 2021 WWE draft. And that yep. when he got drafted, yep. the fact that it had taken him this long to get his debut in, I know he had uh, a health issue as well. Uh, like uh, that's very that's very unfortunate. Glad he, you know, uh, him as a person is is what it is. Uh, but health, you don't want. I don't wish ill will on anybody on that. Um, so I know he had like the health issue and stuff. Every time he's been on TV over the past however many years. Never popped. Never popped for me. There's been no real great presence. There's been no real great charisma. I said this last night. I'm watching the show with the wife. And they do that uh, video of just him walking into the arena. Right? He's outside and he's walking into the arena. He's like rubbing his gold medal or whatever. And I, I said to her, I'm just like, he looks nervous and unsure. And I understand like it's your first match and everything, but this is just how he always looks. He just looks like he just doesn't, he doesn't know how to play this. It's not even a character. It's just himself. He doesn't look like he's know he knows what he's doing. He was told to walk into the arena and it looked very unnatural. Like just the most unnatural thing in the world to walk into the arena. I didn't, it wasn't good. Like just that I was, I was not sold on this. And so here we go with this match. Again, it's taken him this long to even have his debut match on this stuff. This long to have his debut match for this. He's working with Corbin. Say what you will about Baron Corbin. I know a lot of people are down on Corbin. They don't like the character. They don't like it. He's been given this many opportunities. Solid worker, right? Like you can't you can't say that Baron Corbin's work is like bad. You want to call him boring you want to say that like he doesn't captivate you as a worker fine baron corbin knows the wwe style knows the wwe system very much in like the miz right and like okay is the miz gonna go out here and have like these fantastic five-star matches every time out absolutely not unless he's working with an opponent at that level there's a reason miz gets the spots he gets and it's because they trust him in those spots to be like, you know what? Miz is a safe guy. He's going to make you look good. He's going to make everything you do look good. He's going to get a reaction for you and you'll be fine in this spot. 
There's a reason Corbin got this spot in NXT because Corbin is very much in that vein. He knows the WWE system. He knows the WWE style. And they went out there and they had this awful match. And I ain't putting this on Corbin because I know Corbin can work to a certain level. He has a floor that, that he hits with just about any competent wrestler. And Gable, again, just looked unsure, looked unnatural, looked like he was just overthinking everything. There's not, if they wanted him to be Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle picked it up like that. Gable looked like he, he looked like he had no idea what he was doing out there. And it, and then the finish on top of all that, this just shows to me, I think they know he, it ain't there. Yeah. Cause if, if they thought it was there, he beats Corbin. He Absolutely. beats him clean, destroys him, does whatever they need to do. Like the fact that they were like, ah, double count help. <laughs> I think they know it ain't there. And I'm sure they'll run it back and I'm sure Gable will win. But to do that finish on pay-per-view in his first match, in his first match, I think they know. Such a big sign that they don't believe in him. I 100% agree with everything you just said. I also, the women's, uh, the women's championship matchup wasn't that good. Uh, unfortunately, it just didn't seem like they had a good matchup on NXT TV and they were having a good matchup until the, yeah, until the step really came back to hurt them. And I thought they were playing off the stipulation very well with Tiffany doing different uh, submissions to work over the back. But I, I don't know if they practiced that finish very well because it did not come off at all very well so like i said i was very on the fence because i liked the opener with the uh, with the family winning the titles and like i said the, the match overall felt like sopranos versus pinky blinders uh i like dom getting the win in the triple threat matchup and i thought that or the roxanne and blake davenport matchup was probably one of the better matchups of the whole show but it was only good like the most I could say about any of the matchups up until the main event was very good, and the rest was just really bad or decent. And then we got the main event, and my lord, I expected this match to be great, but these two men went out there and had one of the best WWE matches of the whole entire year. Carmelo Hayes is someone that I've watched for the better part of the past six, seven years since he came up on the New York, you know, East Coast uh, independent scene. And I've got to got to know him, got to talk to him personally. And so to see him, you know, shine the way he has in 2023 and this felt like the best match of his whole entire career as someone that saw him on the independent scene seen his whole entire wwe nxt run this felt like the best match of his career and it comes down to being in the ring with in my eyes outside of gunther seth rollins Ilya dragunov's the best worker in wwe today like, those are the only two guys that I could say is on his level or might be better than his level. And, and the only person I could say definitively is better is Gunther because Gunther's pushed him to his greatest matches. But Ilya Dragunov is a banger maker, like, every time. And he knows how to get the fans to care, 
to care about the beating, to care about him, to root for, to rally behind him and, you know, be this underdog baby face who will overcome, take all the pain, absorb it, then bring it back harder than ever and beat the heel. And this was a totally different match for him because if you go back to his Walter and Gunther matches, he played the role of Gunther in this matchup. He played the role of Gunther and Carmelo was Dragunov, where Dragunov just beat the ever-living crap out of him and chopped him as hard as he can until 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 Carmelo, who is a light-skinned black man, had blood vessels in his chest popping out. Yo, this was enthralling. I love all the big moments. The 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 first 48 catch on the coast to coast was one of the best spots of the whole year from WWE. The 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 way he was taking some of Carmelo's like signature offense, like the La Mystica, where Carmelo's like whole body came down on Ilya's head and he just bounced it off the off the off the mat like it was a basketball. And the I think the only things that hurt it, and I know I've heard, I've seen some people online being like, Oh, five stars, five stars, five stars. And this is why I tell you all the time, Jeremy, only me and Dave Meltzer should do star ratings because we only seem to be the only two that get it right. And I get it right more than Dave because he's little seen now. But <laughs> this is not a five-star matchup because the finish was literally made to not be a five-star matchup. And the finish was there to set up a rematch to be better than this one. So this can't be five stars if you literally book the finish to not make it a perfect matchup. So it's not five star, but it's as close as you can get in WWE today. I think the only matches better from WWE this year than Dragunov and Hayes was Usos versus Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania and Gunther versus McIntyre versus Sheamus. So I can't give it any more praise than that. We we talked to uh, Cam Hawkins, Seahawk, on friday to to preview this show and and one thing i said was carmelo hayes has a good title reign where i i think everyone knows his his presence his he's like main roster ready he's he's destined uh to be like one of their top guys once whenever he gets there my issue with the the title reign and this is not an issue that is even carmelo's fault it is just who he's faced so far he had not been pushed to that level that you'd be like, okay, can, can he go? Does he have that extra intensity gear? The, the one time we saw it was kind of the Balor match. And of course, Balor main roster and everything, but everybody else. And again, this is not his fault. He's working with Braun Breaker who we'd worked with before working with like guys, um, guys like Baron Corbin. Again, Baron Corbin's going to work his, his certain style and everything. Uh, Noam Dar. I think he wrestled him. Uh, on tv like he's working with just good guys but not that level that Dragunov is gonna yeah. bring out of people and when we were talking to cam cam, cam said it and and i i agreed with it of like he just hasn't had to outside of the Balor match and the Balor match he, we showed he raised it he hasn't had to now he's gonna have to can he do it he did he he, he Dragunov is that guy who's just going to bring a different level of intensity and a different element out of you. He does it every single time he's in the ring. The Dragunov just don't care. He don't care if he hurts you. He doesn't care if he hurts himself. He is there to inflict pain however he can inflict pain. And again, some guys will relish in that. Some guys will give it right back and they will raise their game to that level. 
And then other guys will not. Other guys will be like, this sucks. I'm done with this. That's it. And we were going to see what Carmelo had in this. And he showed he can raise his level. I think that's a great thing for Carmelo Hayes moving forward because it shows he can do this and it shows when he does get to the main roster and if he potentially faces guys, when he faces Balor, again, if he faces a guy like Drew, if he faces a guy like Sheamus, we know we can stand up to this and punch them right back in the mouth. Gunther is is another guy because there are guys on main roster. Seth, Seth brings out the intensity in a different way, but Seth is going to bring out a fire and intensity in people like that. So now, once he gets to the main roster, we know he can stand up against this. You mentioned Dragunov being like a top three worker, basically. WWE. WWE. Yeah. And in, I mean, it's true. Like, the list of bad Ilya Dragunov matches is not very long. Like, he is, every time he steps in the ring, he is excellent. And it is good that he's getting these opportunities in NXT to continue to show it off. Because people who watch NXT UK certainly saw it. But, you know, he was... I don't know how many people were watching NXT UK outside of just their the sort of big matches against yeah. uh, Gunther and everything. He never lost the NXT UK title, by the way. No. Like he had to vacate it due to injury, and then Tyler Bate won the tournament, and then it just went away at Worlds Collide or got unified, whatever, whatever yeah. it might be. Uh, but Dragunov has been this dude for a very long time, and there's clear trust in Dragunov because you don't end Gunther's reign as the longest NXT UK champion unless there is trust and plans for you at that level. And of course there was until he got injured and then NXT UK just went away. So it's good now that he's kind of picking up where all of that left off in NXT. Look, he, we know he's that good. I hope it does lead to a rematch. I'm not a star ratings guy. I don't do it. I'm thumbs up, thumbs down kind of person. This was an excellent Excellent match. You're right. The finish. So the finish was he for the Moscow, uh, the, the torpedo. torpedo. Uh, yeah. And trick Williams was there with the title and Dragunov hit his head on the title and got sort of knocked out there. This is on the outside. Uh, trick yeah. Williams kind of pushed mellow. And, and it was very telegraphed too. Yeah. It was just yeah. like so awkward the way they did it. And they shot it where they would like, where he was trying to uh, give mellow a pep talk. And he's like, Oh, I'm going to get the title. You need to see what motivates you. Give me the title. Give me the title. And they kept it on him the whole time. I'm just like, this feels very telegraphed that I know the finish is not going to come until someone connects with this title. I just don't know if it's going to be Mellow by accident or Ilya. And it was Ilya by accident. So he combined both basically yeah. together. Uh, and then and Mellow pinned him in the ring after the uh, top rope leg drop. So it was, it was a very good. Is what they're calling that now. Yes. It was it was a very good match. Um, yeah, if you want to call it five stars, I don't care. It's your it's your rating. If you don't want to call it five stars, I don't care either. Don't don't argue about it online like a dork. Um, I'm just gonna yeah. laugh at you and tell you you shouldn't do star ratings. Wow, wow. That's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. Dave Meltzer, his defense is, oh, if you're we're if you're within a star of each other, we're pretty much the same. So I don't know the big deal. My 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 comeback is you shouldn't do star ratings. I am the only one qualified. Nah. <laughs> um, but no, nah, I, I think I think it was uh, definitely if you're high on the match, I'd say it's your favorite match of the year or WWE match of the year. I can't argue with you because it was a hell of a performance from ba- from both guys and really kind of saved this show. It felt like a 
thumbs down, thumbs in the middle type of show, because especially if you compare it to the other NXT major events that we've seen this year, it wasn't up to par on Battleground. It wasn't up to par on Stand and Deliver. It wasn't up to par on Vengeance Day until we got to the main event. And then we got one of the best WWE matches of the year. So definitely a thumbs up, uh, thumbs up show here. And I did see someone in the chat ask me, uh, what Kurt Angle match would you give five stars to? I'm actually doing a classic one going back in time to different matches and I have two Kurt Angle matches that are five stars. Benoit, Royal Rumble 2003, and WrestleMania 21 against Shawn Michaels. Only eight Kurt Angle matches that are five stars to me. I'm trying okay so Kurt Angle mentioned this on his podcast of his um his five star matches and and things like that and you know he's like oh I don't I don't pay attention to it too much yeah the WrestleMania match the Chris Benoit match uh the Austin match at SummerSlam was really good but the finish sucked and I yeah, think that that's probably... the that's I think the best praise we could give that is that's the greatest match with a with a DQ finish ever like it is Ooh, for Shawn me. Michaels. Shawn Michaels and Mankind from Mind Games is one of my favorite Ooh. matches that also had a shit finish. I'm I I would I would I would honestly I would edge it out and say Angle and Austin because honestly, even though SummerSlam has had some of the best matches in WWE history, that still would have my be in my top ten for all time SummerSlam matches. Angle and Austin. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. That's fair. I gotta go back, but I do agree. The the Michaels and man, I recently watched that uh, for True Rewind, where you can see I think it's on here uh, where you can see the review me and Romeo did, and I love that matchup. Love that, ma- especially when you rewatch Michaels' whole title reign. It was so different, so different from everything else. You just had great matches. You said you know the match with Diesel was great. Um, obviously, the Bulldog, match with Foley, King Bulldog, yeah. Yeah, you said great matches. Uh, we got some super chats from from Caden, my hometown, Cedar Park, Texas. Made me proud in that match. That he's talking about Gable. Uh, we booed this man out of the building. <laughs> Look, man, he Gable is. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with him moving forward. It sounds like he still wants to compete in amateur wrestling too. It sounds like he might do the Olympics. If I'm WWE, I say go go have fun. If you win a gold again, cool. We'll capitalize that on the best we can. But he still needs work. He still needs work in a lot of areas, and I don't know if he. This is, this is the thing of this, like the passion part of it too. Like he he talks about like yeah, I want to do it, but the fact that he's wavered this much and still wants to compete in amateur wrestling, I just don't know if he's like all in uh, with like yeah. WWE and and just performing on the WWE stage on the pro wrestling stage. I I don't. The, and again, I I don't I don't know the man personally. I, I don't know these things. He says he's excited, but when you are also like, Hey, yeah, maybe I compete in amateur tournaments. I want to do freestyle tournaments and stuff to me. That just says like, okay, then you're not 100% committed to the pro wrestling aspect of, of this stuff. Some people can balance that, but uh, for someone new like him, who literally only has one match, that that says to me of like, all right, he's not fully committed to this, and that's fine. If he's not fully committed, he's not fully committed. But then you get stuff like you got last night. Uh, you get a bad match with not good booking, and I don't know if it would have been better or worse had he won the match. Like on one hand, yeah. at least it's like, all right, cool, he won. Now that's great that the first match is out of the way. He's undefeated. You can do all that thing, but. The, 
fans would have resented him even more had he won. But you know what makes this match even worse is the knowledge that knowing that a lot of these matches have been practiced beforehand. Like a lot of times people don't have the opportunity to practice their matches, but because the NXT performers are in the performance center most of the time, they have time to work over their matches for the weeks building up to the matchup. So, like, ah, man, it just makes that match in retrospect seem even worse because they practiced that beforehand. What? Oh, God. I feel for the guy. I feel for the guy. He doesn't, Who do we feel for? He doesn't seem like the nicest person, but, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be put into that situation. I, would, I, I, I don't envy being in that situation at all when it comes to him. Yeah, yeah, I guess, but look, I don't have too much sympathy for him, honestly. I don't. I really don't. Fair. You know, like, it's fair. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Malik says, Ilya versus Melo uh, or Ilya versus Braun, which was better? I'm going to defer to you. You were the, the match rating person. Which which did you think was better? Ilya and Melo is better. Uh, Ilya and Braun was one of Braun's best matches, but I think that this was a lot better. It had more time to progress. It had it, it had better storytelling, better story beats throughout the matchup than the Braun and, and Ilya, which was a hard-hitting affair, and they beat the ever-living crap out of each other. And once again, like I said, one of Braun's best matches, but Ilya cleared that with Melo, in my opinion. Okay. I... Uh... I'd have to go back and, and rewatch this stuff and get my memory is not SB three like and I don't track matches in that way. Um, I, I it'd probably be recency bias if I said Ilya and Melo honestly, but off top top of my head, I liked Ilya and Melo better. Yeah. So, um, all right, SB three. We have Raw tonight. It is the final show before SummerSlam, which is on Saturday night. And the, the stuff that is announced, we have Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar under the same roof. We have Maxine Dupree against Valhalla. Logan Paul is on the show. And then Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn against Judgment Day, Dirty Dom, and Damian Priest. What are you looking forward to most on this show? And even if it's something not announced that you think might happen. Um, as far as this show, I just want to see what they do as far as the final build for SummerSlam, particularly with Cody Rose and Brock Lesnar, because the last two weeks with the beatdown in Atlanta in front of his mom and then Cody's promo following this, I felt like I've been watching reruns. I'd be like, I think I've already seen this episode of The Feud. I've seen the episode where Brock beats down Cody and then I've seen the, the, the episode where Cody cuts promo, Brock's not in the building. I've seen that a couple of times in this view. So they really need to stick the landing on the final go home to really kind of build this up as the final blow off of this four month rivalry tonight. So I hope that they're able to stick that landing uh, as far as Seth and Finn. I think that they, they have been doing a good job of selling people on the 
possibility that Finn Balor can win. And I've been hearing more and more people, whether it's kind of critics, former wrestlers, fans, more and more say that they are going to, they think that uh, Finn's going to win at the pay-per-view and Finn definitely needs the win more. Um, I don't know what it does for the world heavyweight championship for it to, to be changed. This so, this so, you know, soon after winning the championship or the first inaugural champion, but teach his own it's all about the story they want to tell and i think they've been telling a really good story so far uh rhea ripley if she's gonna have a matchup it needs to be made tonight uh don't make it on social media like they usually would do they'll do an angle on the show and then they'll announce it on social media rhea ripley versus raquel rodriguez has been added to SummerSlam. now at least make it to tonight so people can get hyped for it. And then that's a fourth women's matchup potentially. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of different things that we can look forward to on tonight's Monday Night Raw, but it's all about them sticking the landing for SummerSlam, which I feel like right now SmackDown has had the much stronger build going into the show than Raw has. Do you think we get a step for Cody and Brock? Um, I'm going to say yes. I'm, I'm going to say yes, because we've only been hearing about it for so, so long. I, I will defer to you, though, as far as what do you think it's going to be? Because I've heard everything between Last Man Standing, Texas Bull Rope, Dog Collar. I've heard all these different stipulations. I don't see them doing a Dog Collar matchup because that's way too violent for WWE. And the only time they ever did it in recent memory was on NXT UK because they knew Vince McMahon didn't watch the damn show. <laughs> uh, bull Rope match, it seems like the most most likely possibility last man standing we just saw that from brock and i don't want brock to have the immediate comparison to last year's kind of once in a lifetime tractor last man standing matchup i don't think they can do anything that's gonna match that or be as memorable as that so i think the bull rope match seems like the 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 call to go but what do you think jeremy bull rope definitely seems the most uh kind of winning over the the fan bases here of what everyone is thinking they haven't really hinted at anything besides like they're just fighting each other um and they're they're already doing a no dq match in the main event that's tribal combat which is no dq maybe baszler and ronda get the fight pit because they're talking a lot about uh, fighting and things i don't know if they're gonna do a stip for this i think bull rope does make sense because just it, it makes sense in the fact that Cody's involved, Brock's involved. Sure, let's do a bull rope. Uh, I don't want to do the four corners nonsense though. I hate, hate I hate, hate that, that too. So I don't, I don't want that at all. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're gonna do a stip. Honestly, I think they're just gonna have a a wrestling match, which is which is fine. You know, no issue with them just having a a normal match. I, if they do. Yeah, bull rope's the only one that I can kind of uh, the strap match maybe, but again, I don't want them to go four corner type of thing. And at that point, you might as well just do like a, a bull rope gimmick. Uh, I think a demolition but, derby could be fun. Yeah, they should just uh, get in cars and crash. Derby. Yeah, they're in Detroit. Demolition derby, baby. What are we doing? Why not? Next, you're gonna say they should have a malice in the palace matchup. Uh, even. Even though the, ma- the the palace has been torn down, what about um, an empty? What about an empty stadium match? They tell all the fans, "You gotta leave for this match, everyone. You gotta leave, and we're just gonna do this in an empty stadium." 
There you go. Empty Stadium matchup. Or they do an empty arena matchup and they go to the Pistons arena. Little Caesars no Arena. There. Yeah, Little uh, Caesars just, Arena. And they just have them fight in there. Since it's empty. They just start fighting. They start fighting. And be like, hey, if you want to watch this match, head over to Little Caesars. And then you see how many people make their <laughs> you way. See, you, you see people scurrying. <laughs> yeah. By the time they get there, the match is over. And then you got to try to go back to SummerSlam. <laughs> I got to go back to my seat. I got to show my ticket again. I got to get online. I got to go through security again. Damn it. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I think that at this point, you're, you're at, uh, it's, it feels late. It does feel late to, to kind of throw on a stipulation. They should have at least been teasing what the stipulation was going to be from the onset of this whole thing with Brock returning and Cody getting the better of him a couple of weeks back. I don't really think, like I said, I really feel like that's the, that's the main feud on raw that needs to stick the landing because I have not liked the buildup to SummerSlam. If we're just judging it on the buildup to SummerSlam and not everything that's went down since the road to WrestleMania, since Brock's return, they've done nothing to heat this thing up. I, yeah, it has been a lot of attacks and things like that. Uh, you know, that's sort of what they do with Brock, though. They just, I would have liked him if he just attacked Cody. They did this with uh, Davenport and, um, yeah, they did this with with Davenport and Perez. Yeah, Perez just attacking him um, the, uh, at like Comic Con and stuff. Uh, he should have attacked him on the farm. He should have pulled up to the farm, like pulled up in the Cody bus, pulled up in the Cody bus at the farm, and and, and Brock's got a gun. He's hunting. And co and co and then he see he's like you you see they they have the camera view of how co, how Brock's uh, eye view from the gun range looks and all oh, he's going around he's looking for a deer and then all he sees is the American Nightmare logo and then they do it like a like a western and you and then they start brawling uh, through through Brock's uh, old estate that would have been great. See, man, give me, give me the pencil. Give me the pencil, WWE. I'm up in AEW, WWE on this podcast, man. Give me a damn pencil. Should you should get the pencil? Should. All right, that's Raw tonight, SummerSlam this week. I promised a big announcement on this show, and Joel Pearl is here for this announcement i gotta change the overlay there we go the three-person overlay there's joel pearl hello joel pearl hi everyone how are we doing glad you showed up for work today i'm glad i could be here hi joel hi sp3 how you doing i'm doing well i'm doing well thank you for coming today thank you you're welcome jeremy joel hi you look like you're in vacation mode with this shirt joel Buddy, I am in everything but vacation mode. Our flight was super delayed last night. My kid was relatively okay, but it's been it's been a busy a busy weekend. So uh, I, I decided today was maybe a day to not be on the show. And also, I still haven't watched most of the wrestling since Thursday night. Wow. Yep. Wow. So I'm gonna catch up on SmackDown Collision. Uh, watch Great American Bash, and I'm sure I'll catch up on everything else. I'm also looking at this. Duluth, Georgia are about to watch about as much wrestling as I am live because on August 23rd, they're going to tape five hours of AW programming. They're doing Dynamite and Collision on the same night. 
Yeah. Hey, we're gonna get everybody under one roof, baby. Let's see yeah. how it goes. I'm sure Punk will already be very happily sitting in his hotel room in London. Uh yeah, he might he might just, you know, catch the flight. Do you think Tony just gets like, hey everybody, let's leave from let's leave from Duluth, Georgia. Let's get on the private AW jet and head over to, to all in. Let's all pack the jet here. Do you imagine? And then, they, and then we hear the story of uh Punk and Matt Jackson fighting on the plane like they're Kurt Henning and uh Brock Les- Brock Lesnar and the and the and the emergency door opens up the elite plane ride from hell <laughs> then the next episode of BTE they're gonna be like where's Michael Nakazawa we don't even know I haven't <laughs> seen him since the flight he shows up <laughs> where was he sitting like, shows up two weeks later and he's missing eyebrow that was like, where was he sitting? Next to the emergency door. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, that sounds awful. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I'm trying to, okay. I was trying to fix something in, in, the, uh, in, the, in the news chat. I apologize. All right. Let's let's get into to mode here. We're going to throw, throw to me. All right. Thank you. To the great fans of In the Weeds. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Thanks, go. Joel. You're All right. Uh, I got to look like... Can't blink. That man does not blink when he did, makes these announcements. <laughs> and you have to repeat yeah. a couple of words multiple times. Thanks. Thanks, Joel and SP3. It's an exciting time to be a fan of In the Weeds. And we're going to level up the In the Weeds programming I'm excited to announce to all the fans of In the Weeds and Fightful Overbooked that In the Weeds, in effort to level up the In the Weeds programming, beginning next Monday, August 7th, that is Monday, August 7th, In the Weeds will be on the main channel every first Monday of the month. Every first Monday of the month, In the Weeds will be on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Other episodes throughout the month will continue airing on Fightful Overbooked, but for the first Monday of every single month, In the Weeds will be on youtube.com slash Fightful. We appreciate all the support of In the Weeds and all the great fans of In the Weeds. This would not be possible with all the great Fightful and Fightful Overbooked fans who have continued to support In the Weeds. Again, we're going to level up in the weeds. The first Monday of every single month will be on youtube.com slash Fightful. Every other episode throughout the month will continue to be on Fightful Overbooked. Thank you, in the weeds fans. Justified in the weeds chant. In the weeds, in the weeds, in the weeds. In the weeds. Say we sold out, man. <laughs> Maybe we just bought in, Jeremy. Yeah, we didn't sell out. We bought in. Leveled um, up. We congratulations. Up. You deserve it. You deserve it. I mean, really, all we had to do was tell Sean, "You ain't doing nothing on Mondays." So how about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like perspective podcast, but you know, sometimes they take a week off too, so we'll take over. Yeah, I don't think I don't know if they actually air on Mondays or anything at this point. Uh, I don't know when that show airs. Um, no, nah, so look, people people have said for for a while. People have asked like, 
you know, this should be on the main channel. Why is it on the main channel? I've always maintained I don't want this show every day or three days a week on the main channel because I like it here on on Overbooked. It is a staple of Overbooked. It has uh, just become kind of a flagship show of Overbooked. I did say if we did anything, it would be once a month to uh to be on the main channel as like a, a preview teaser whatever you want to say because look, there's a big difference in subscriptions between the main channel and, and overbooked so i want to get more eyes not only on this show but i want to get more eyes on overbooked in general and this is a way to do that so it is just the first monday of of every single month that happens to be for the for august next monday we missed it by one day here uh but yeah, it, it's the first Monday of every month. So next Monday, uh, the show will be on youtube.com slash Fightful. We'll be reviewing SummerSlam. We'll figure out who's going to be on the show and everything like that. But yeah, we'll be coming on. It'll be our SummerSlam review show. And then otherwise, it's still on Fightful Overbooked. So nobody is going to miss it. We'll probably, I don't know how that would work, Joel. Because I do feel like we should still like upload the episode to Overbooked. So the archive is fully there. I don't know. I, we, we might have to figure that out. Yeah, we'll um, figure that offline. I have, I have an idea, but yeah, we'll see. Okay, all right. So yeah, uh, that's that's the that's the announcement. Everybody, we we once a month we're gonna be on the main channel, and then otherwise nothing really change. Nothing changes. We're not changing the show or anything like that. We're just we're gonna be on the main channel to hopefully draw more attention to the show and draw more attention to uh, overbooked, so we can continue to pay uh, contributors like uh, SV3. Yeah, man, more people who come and watch the show, more people who come and hang out in the chat, it's even better. And that way uh, we get a lot more people asking us why we're talking about uh, McDonald's and not wrestling. But you know what? Sometimes wrestling <laughs> and McDonald's are the same, damn it. And you they just got to enjoy it. I'm watching it. That's very, I mean, very, that's, very good yeah. how, we, how we kind of bookend the show because I started the show telling you guys how I was, you know, very proud of y'all for what y'all have built here. And then y'all getting a call up. And then it helps my gimmick even more because a whole show got called up to the main channel before me. A whole show. They'd rather call up shows than substitute teachers. You hear this shit? You deserve it. <laughs> SP3, you just gotta you gotta take one of us out on the first Monday of every single month, and then you can you know we're gonna call on you to uh to to be the co-host. So if one of us goes down on the first Monday, I legitimately thought I was like, is today the first Monday? I couldn't remember how many days were in July. I was like, oh, is tomorrow's show on the main channel? Uh, did I, did I screw up this oh this whole announcement and that tomorrow's show is just gonna be on the main channel? It's like the first Monday of every month. That's today, which is not here, here we but, are. Uh, it actually actually worked out. Uh, so yeah, Jeremy, that, that's you have to remember the the the, the saying the song. It's thirty days has September, April, no. June, and November. All the rest have thirty one except for February. That's a freak month. I do the knuckle gimmick. You do the knuckle gimmick? Nope. January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Every knuckle hump is a 31 day. Huh. Yeah. Mm. I prefer that's, mine. That's what I learned. How do you do how do you do February? Well, February, it's not 31 days. That's all. Huh? Every knuckle hump is 31 days. Every in knuckle indent 
is less than 31 days. Uh, that seems confusing. Mm. Seems yeah, bad. that is. That does seem confusing to me. How? It How's does. that confusing? It does. I mean, I just I just know what months have 31 days. Is yeah, that well, weird? Is that okay? Guys, is that okay for just remembering that it's sure. January, March, May, July? See, I forgot see? after that. Yeah, see? Um, knuckle. <laughs> knuckle gimmick. Everybody, use the knuckles. When in doubt, knuckles out. Knuckles out. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Knuckles out. I'm done. <laughs> Michael Knuckles out. That's awesome. Joel, do you have anything to plug? No, I'll be back on Wednesday to hang out with y'all. So, uh, Thanks for thanks for coming and doing this for me, SP3. Thank you for for popping in, and doing a great job. Uh, I'm gonna go watch a ton of wrestling, but I'll hang out until the end of this show. Book a guest for Wednesday, Joel. We need guests. Okay, uh, right. we'll find somebody. All right. Bye, Joel. Bye. You can remove right. me instead. Why? Remove yourself. Why don't you just sit there? Just okay, sit I'll there. just sit, I'll just sit here and look pretty. All right. All right, SP3. Plug what you need to plug. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. I decided we're going live in like an hour. I was going to go live like right now on True Hill Heat YouTube channel, but I need like an hour break. Need something to drink. Need to think about my life, how whole shows get called up before me. Um, but yes, <laughs> follow me on True Hill, Heat, uh, True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We're going live at 1.05 p.m. Eastern time with our NXT Great American Bash uh, review where I will, will give my star rating. For the main event of Ilya Dragunov versus Carmelo Hayes. Sorry. Yes. Okay. Uh, everyone, go go watch that. I keep just getting messages. Um, all right. I am too. Don't uh, worry. Go 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 watch True Heel Heat. Apologies that the things sort of fell apart there at the the last second. Kids. Right? Said I could blame kids. I'm blaming kids, which is actually factual. Um, everyone, fightfulbook.com. Keep it here. New episode of Bread Club. New episode this week. Uh, new episode of FMC tomorrow. We're gonna talk basketball and all that stuff. Uh, yes, that, that is that. Thank you everyone for for joining us today. We'll be back on Wednesday, whatever day we, we do this show. Wednesday, Joel Pearl will be there. Unfortunately, we'll let you know who we have a guest. Uh, yes, thank you to SP3 for filling in today. Really appreciate it, buddy. Because uh, I know it was a very late call last night. SP3 got less than twelve hours notice uh, to do this show today, so I, I appreciate that you you filled in on light notice bye everybody we'll see you on wednesday have a great monday say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. 
you made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.